The Price of Pursuing the American Dream, with Martin Sawa, the author of The Other Side of Success, on episode number 166 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. But in, in life, it always means putting something at stake and having downside risk. So if you don't achieve your goal, there is a penalty or consequence to be paid. If you don't have that, then one, you're unmotivated, and two, kind of liberates you to do things you shouldn't do. Hi, this is Sherry Sterling Fernandes, the author of Life Mastery, where I help you to personally progress toward your infinite potential. You are on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, helping you to progress through adversity to achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. It is my pleasure to welcome you to this podcast where we specialize in helping you to grow through what you go through. That is, we help you to deal with adversity in your life and to get beyond it and to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can always go to our archives of podcast episodes. We have over 160 episodes at drbradmiller.com. There you can find great insights from doctors and psychologists and teachers and business people and uh, physicians and great thinkers in the area of helping you to process and to have a way to get through whatever it is you're going through to come out to a better place. You can head to drbradmiller.com. We've got a free gift for you there that can be helpful to you. And we look to speak into your life to help you to navigate beyond adversity to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Today, we have a great guest with us. He is an author, and he comes to us from the business world, particularly from the world of real estate commercial real estate, where he had quite a successful uh, career. But he's speaking now not only about his success in the real estate world, but his success in dealing with difficulties in life to achieving the American dream, but what price he had to pay to achieve the American dream and how he has come through that to a much better place in his life. His name is Martin Sawa, and he is a first-generation Ukrainian-American, which comes with it some issues regarding immigration and his folks, his parents who had to escape Nazism in the Ukraine in order to establish a life here, and how he and his life then eventually navigated his way to San Francisco, where he became a player in the real estate market and became quite successful in commercial real estate. He was a self-made man, but he came from humble beginnings. But in his life, 
He had some devastating loss. He lost his wife. He descended into alcoholism. He had many other issues he had to face in his life in order to come through that. In his life, he had transitions in his business world, and he took a risk in many things. In fact, he's going to talking about putting skin in the game. We had a great conversation here uh, today, and he talks about the demands of his life and career and how it all came uh, came crashing down on him, and he had to rebuild his life. The book is called The Other Side of Success, Money and Meaning in the Golden State, and it's really an account of his experiences of moving from an immigrant to success, dealing with tragedy, and coming through that in a healthy way. And it is about, he talks about how he was driven in his life, but he found spirituality, He found relationships. He found other things to get him through, pulled himself out of addiction and personal tragedy to arrive at a state of peace, prosperity, and purpose. He blogs at martinsawa.com. That's M-A-R-T-I-N-S-A-W-A.com. You're going to love this conversation here on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. So let's get into that conversation right now. Our special guest today is Martin Sawa. He is the author of The Other Side of Success, Money and Meaning and the Golden State. And he's been very successful in the real estate world. In fact, many people say he's achieved the American dream. But to get there, it's been quite a story. And we're going to get into the details of that. But he is an, uh, he is an son of he's an immigrant person. He's had all kinds of challenges in his life, uh, home life and uh, financial and in the business world and other thing, other things in his life. He's got a fascinating story to tell. We're going to get into it right now. And he's going to help us to find meaningfulness in making money. Our guest today, Martin Sawan. Well, Martin, welcome to the welcome to the podcast today. Well, hi, Dr. Brad, and uh, thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's a, quite an honor to have you here on uh, Beyond Adversity. And uh, we've mentioned here in the introduction that you've quite a success in the real estate world. Uh, and yet uh, your story is an incredible story of not only your personal story, but your family's history in Europe about how you have had faced some challenges to get to success. And then after success, you've had some challenges too. And just tell us a little bit about your background story, where you, who you, the family you come from, some of the things that they face and you faced and where we stand now. My parents uh, grew up in um, the outskirts of a city in Ukraine. And this was the years before and during the Second World War. So they lived under Stalin and under Hitler. And in terms of adversity, uh, I don't think it gets any worse than that. Uh, they watched a lot of their friends uh, die, be deported to camps. Uh, they escaped with their lives and then wandered around Eastern Europe, uh, living day to day before the war ended. And then they spent four years in a displaced person's camp in Austria before they were allowed to immigrate uh, to America. I was actually uh, conceived in one of the camps and then birthed on U.S. soil. Wow. So um, I grew up in a small town in the Midwest. 
and uh, after high school, moved to Chicago uh, and went to college. And then after college, uh, moved out west to California to make my fortune. And uh, I scroll forward about 10 years. I was um, uh, married at the time. Uh, my wife was pregnant. I was commuting uh, 40 miles to a job I hated, mm. and I was dead broke. So I had a decision to make, and I quit my job and swore I would never go back to that life, and I got a real estate license and got into the world of commercial real estate as a broker. And I sold investment properties, which is the most challenging way to get in because at that time, uh, it took months to put a deal together, and then you had to wait until it closed to get paid, if it closed at all. So it was a. It took about a year before I got my first commission check, uh, but then I um, uh, was able to start paying off my bills, and I moved to a firm in San Francisco. And over the next uh, ten years. Um, went up the ladder and how I was at the top of the game, so to speak, in terms of a brokerage. Uh, I met my second wife and um, we, um, she had what I would call charisma in the biblical sense and powers in what I call the world of the unseen and became my spiritual mentor as well as my moral compass. In okay. Good. Being wife and mother. Uh, one night she dropped dead, oh, and my oh. life changed after that. Uh, there's no way to really describe how that feels. And uh, so I regrouped and over time went back to work, uh, became a developer uh, with a partner. We had some major projects in downtown San Francisco. I went back to the practice of my faith, and in 2012, I left the business. Um, since then, I've been fortunate enough to be able to uh, do some writing and uh, thinking and working on personal projects, helping others achieve success. And... Uh, in the last over the last few years, I worked on my memoir, "The Other Side of Success: Money and the Meaning in the Golden State," uh, which recount, recounted my adventures both in my business life and in my personal life. And so you've had brought us here together. Absolutely, and certainly it is thematic for what uh, we like to talk about here. On Beyond Adversity, we really believe that people uh, face uh, kind of, I call them the five Ds or the five categories of adversity. One of them is, and I think your story kind of touches on all of them one way or another. One of them is depression. Another one is divorce or relationship issues. Another one is a disease, you know, like COVID crisis we're going through right now. Another one is debt or money issues. Another one is death, you know, either death of a loved one or someone in our life. And do we deal with those? Sometimes not so good and sometimes have a process to get through that. And I'm going to talk for a few minutes about your process, but 
you really hit some of the highs of the highs of the business world and the lows of the lows in your personal life. And I know that you even part of what the theme of what you're talking about here is the those high places in the business world aren't all they're cracked up to be. Is that a fair thing to say? Or you had your, your challenges there as well in the business, having success in business? Yes. Um, just as an aside, I would like to add a sixth D to your list. All right, good. Um, I think I experienced all five multiple times. Yes, sir. Um, the sixth I would call degree. And okay. that's the degree within that category of the adversity. Yes. Um, so say more about that. What do you what do you mean when you say degree? Please go go deeper, please. Well, you can you can experience death, um, but it can be the death of a loved one. Yes. Who, uh, you've had time to tie all the loose ends with. You know, they live to an advanced age. It's part of the the passing process. Yes. Or you can experience the death of a child at a young age to violent circumstances. Yes. And they're, quanti- <clears throat> they're, they're both about death, but they're quantifiably different experiences. Yeah. That's very insightful and and helpful. And uh, it seems to me that you have been working very hard through your memoir, your book here, and through the things you were doing, uh, processing the things that you have had success with and got through at developing your your thinking towards this. And I'd just like to ask you, uh, Martin, what are, you mentioned at least one of them, but but I would like you to unpack for us, what do you think were some of the actions that you took that helped you to uh, to process this rather than being stuck? You know, you uh, part of what I like to do is help people to get unstuck from where, wherever they're at. And you Probably you and I probably know people who've been stuck in a bad job or a bad marriage or in depression, something like that. What are some of the things that you did to help you to take some action to break some patterns there? What are some actions that you took? In, in the world of business, um, it's, it's very competitive. And again, it's an arena for combat. And it's, it's sort of neutral. It's what you make of it and what your actions are. So um, I would say the the first step I took was to, I I, I didn't like the job I had. And I I didn't have, I couldn't support my family. And I reasoned that I really needed to become an entrepreneur, which essentially is what I was. I was always an independent contractor and the like. Um, and then I took responsibility for that. And it's, you know, the technical aspects, uh, one could pick up pretty quickly or, you know, in today's world, watch some webinars or whatever. But it's really the desire and the drive to succeed at all costs. Uh, there's a Japanese proverb that goes, fall down seven times, get up eight and that's really the mantra in the world of business. And But as one achieves success, it's always at a cost. There's always a flip side. And people see, you know, very, very wealthy people or celebrities or whatever you know, can be faked on social media. 
and believe these people have no problems who didn't pay a price or whatever. And it's just because these people can afford, you know, publicity teams. Right. Sometimes it's just a thick, sometimes it's a thick layer of makeup, sometimes physically, but also in terms of their image has been baked, you know, caked on and that type of thing. And I'm sure you saw your, I mean, if you were super successful. In my case, uh, I had a problem with with alcohol ever since I was a little kid. Um, The town we grew up in had 5,000 people and about 40 taverns, which is. A pretty high ratio. Yeah, so, of course. Most a of lot, a, a, a lot of heavy duty drinking was going on. It sounds like yeah. heavy duty. You, you didn't. The word alcoholic hadn't really come into the vernacular. It was you were two fists the drinker, yeah. and that was usually a compliment. Right. And but it caught up with me later in life as I was doing deals and flying to cities internationally and going to you know words then all all of that. Uh, until it came to the point um, and the incidents are described truthfully in, in the book where my, my marriage with my second wife it, it was either uh, I had to stop it or or not and that was it mm. so I made a decision and um, I dealt with the alcohol and then went on but as as a as I found out all through my life, that doesn't mean your problems won't end. Yes. It's always a continuing series of challenges. Yes. And the more you push yourself, whether in business or in life, and raise the stakes, the more you will be tested. That's just the way it is. Right. Well, you've mentioned two or three actions that you took, and I just want to kind of reflect with you what I'm hearing you say is you you left your first job to become an entrepreneur, you know, into into the real estate world, and you know, to because of circumstances that you had, not having enough money and so on. Then you left eventually when you had success. You uh, eventually left that and to do what you're doing basically now, become a writer and a, uh, a, a people uh, a coach, as it were, to help others. And then also when you had the uh, death of your wife, you had to deal with that, deal with the grief. And then you also had to deal with the alcoholism. You took some steps to deal with those. And that's an awesome thing. And uh, I commend you on that. And yet you also are very mindful of all those ups and downs and all the, you know, this is a, a difficult journey. And along this journey of processing adversity to get past it to a better place, uh, it's hard to do it on your own. I just wondered, you mentioned that your wife, your second wife who passed away so early in life was a woman of faith and helped to also keep you on the straight and narrow, I think is how you put it. Uh, say a word about uh, two things, about relationships with uh, people who can help you keep on the straight and narrow or help you keep some of have accountability. And then anything having to do with uh, connecting to a higher power, uh, whether it's a, a faith situation or meditation or something beyond yourself. You'd say a little bit about those things, if they were factors in how you uh, travel this road. Uh, faith has always been a part of my life. Um, my parents uh, came from a place which was subject to two totalitarian regimes uh, where 
the first thing one does is establish an atheistic state. Well, there's no question on who, who one believes in. Uh, so when I grew up in this little town of Wisconsin, we were a Roman Catholic. I was an altar boy in grade school. I went to a Jesuit high school, which happened to be conveniently located in the town. It was a boarding school, but I went as a town student, and I learned far more in high school than I ever did in college. Uh, but then uh, the after I, I left the the little town and did go to college, uh, the faith just, uh, or the practice of the faith just started to fade away. And I think this was, there was no like big moment. It was just the secularization of this country over the last 50 years. And I kind of went along with it. There was never a point where I, I didn't believe, but I it just, I didn't practice and it didn't affect my life. After my wife passed, uh, I was alone. And uh, my spiritual mentor gone. And I I turned back to my faith. Um, To deal with the grief, I practiced uh, Zen meditation. Uh, I studied Judaism. I studied the death practices of other religions. Uh, eventually it came to where I decided to go to a retreat. It was at a Jesuit retreat facility here in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was nestled in the hills right in Silicon Valley, right above the mansions of, uh, you know, the the tech moguls. And it was there that I made a commitment to go back to the original practice of my Catholic faith. So I undertook steps to do that, and have been doing it ever since. Well, that, that's awesome. Say more about, I just feel like your wife, and there's been some other people maybe spoken to your life, maybe through these retreats and things like that, who helped help hold you accountable uh, through some of these ups and downs. I'm thinking of your, uh, you know, uh, uh, your time of alcoholism and your time of making some really hard decisions to, I, I believe that you had been quite successful in the business and the real estate world. And to leave that had to been, I, I imagine some people were saying, what are you doing, man? What are you doing, Martin? You know, that kind of thing was going on. But how was relationships, uh, mostly good, but perhaps even some challenging, a part of the process of being helpful to you? Or what part did they play? The the book itself, it took me a while to organize the structure, but it's sort of alternating between my business life and my personal life. And you're one person, and it's one brain and one personality. But I, I kind of um, compartmentalized and thought if I could manage each one uh, by itself, there wouldn't be any problems. But the problem becomes... Uh, there, there are no core values to align you in the world of business. So when you go astray, uh, you have to have some ability to align it with the core values, which come, you know, on the personal side and come through the religious practice of faith and come through 
other means, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So my second wife was hugely instrumental in that. Uh, in addition, and... Um, what was her name, by the way? Let's say that. Anita. Anita, okay. Thank you. Yeah. In, in addition, I formed a relationship with a psychic medium. And I'm not here to convince your listeners uh, on this whole subject matter. Uh, suffice it to say that I was a hardened skeptic. And in business, I dealt with people's names you see in the paper and sure. masters of illusion when, when it comes to making money. And uh, I, I came to the conclusion that there's a small, tiny handful of people who have an ability to access information through unexplainable means. And uh, I, it's up to the individual to determine, you know, how they do it, if they can ever determine it. But the proof is always in the pudding. If I get practical results... So I made that decision to, to, to use that resource and, and use it sparingly and wisely. And um, her name was Mary Jo. Uh, both Anita and I had known her for about five years before Anita passed. And after Anita did pass, she was the most instrumental factor in dealing with grief and moving on. And I learned that uh, love can survive physical death. So I'll just uh, leave it at that. Yeah. Well, that gives you a kind of a, a, a connection, as it were, a thread, as it were, through some of the other things we've talked about, about grief and success and hard decisions to leave careers and and to deal with uh, with uh, success. Success success is hard to deal with. And what you say in your book is you want to find meaningfulness in this life. And you're, that's a search I think we all have is to find meaningfulness. And I believe a part of that has to do with what we've talked about here, that emotional thing, the relationship. I believe there's a spiritual element. There's the element kind of almost a physical, the taking action piece. You know, when you, there's many people get stuck by just not taking action. But I think another part of the kind of the cognitive or, or uh, the kind of everyday piece is what are our habits or our disciplines or what do, are we doing now that we didn't do before? So, uh, Martin, I'd like for you to speak, if you would, to any part of your life, any habits or disciplines or practices, especially things you may teach in your book that could be helpful to us in terms of, of having meaningfulness in life and having success. The, it's, it's always helpful, uh, Brad, to have a mentor, but who has your best interest at heart and is proficient in whatever is the specific subject area you want to get help in, which is not always easy because even family and friends uh, oftentimes don't have your best interest at heart. Mm, of course. So I, I and I'm, I'm pretty self-directed, so I try to figure out how I needed to address the problem, what my tangible goal was, a tangible, measurable goal, not, you know, be happy, mm -hmm. you know, right. find the perfect mate or whatever, tangible, yeah. specific goal. So in the case of the alcoholism, um, I dealt with it in what I call a controlled program of moderation. 
uh, I would I stop. I'd go maybe days, even weeks without drinking. And then if I had the urge, I would have a beer or two, uh, really more than three. And in that way, I was able to, to function and not feel like my dad did, who went cold turkey to a tremendous act of will, but didn't know how to fill the, the hole. Okay. And just became somber and morose for the rest of his life. Yes. So it's finding kind of what works for you. Uh, when I talk to people and they ask my advice, uh, in general, the first question I ask them is, what do you believe to be true? Okay. And this is from the top down. If you believe life starts at zero and ends at zero, then that's fine. Uh, to be true to yourself, uh, you'll live in a certain way. And you may achieve great success and be an asshole, but not care. Yeah. Because right. that's your beliefs, that's your worldview. But if you believe there's more to that than what is it you believe, if you believe in a, in a personal God, you believe in the power of prayer, you see? And then you assemble your tools, and it comes down to practice whatever religion one happens to belong to. Right. There's always the ritual, there's the mass, sure. there's always the atonement, the confession. Right. Uh, you treat these things seriously, you develop a, a personal plan. Yeah. Well, it's, you, you, that's part of what your process is, the practice, you know, how you apply these things to your life. And one of the things I saw in my, my notes here is a theme of your book and of of having meaningfulness in your life is to have skin in the game in business and in life. Uh, unpack that for us a little bit, because I think it's a part of your process, if I'm understanding you, Martin, a part of your process is to invest to get a return. So tell us what, what you mean by that in terms of business and in your meaningfulness of life. Uh, skin in the game is a central theme of the book. Uh, in business, it means risking your time, your money, your reputation in furtherance of, of your business goals. Um, in, but in, in life, it always means putting something at stake and having downside risk. So if you don't achieve your goal, there is a penalty or consequence to be paid. If you don't have that, then one, you're unmotivated, and two, it, it kind of liberates you to do things you shouldn't do. And that's what you see with a lot of the Internet trolls. They're anonymous, and they can you know, take somebody down, destroy their life. Uh, but but if, if they're unsuccessful or caught, there's no punishment. They have nothing on the downside. So it just spurs them even more. Mm. So that's what I mean by skin in the game. No, very good. Then it's, I think it's helpful to know you got to, you know, you got to risk something in order to, to gain something. And it's not just, you know, the bottom line money wise, it is your bottom line of your, of your, of your life. And I, one of the things you've done is you've put yourself out there by writing a book. Writing a book is a vulnerable thing to do. It's a, it's a intense thing to do. It's something where you're saying, here's my story, but also here is what I can uh, share with you of how you can make some changes in your life as well. And I think it's a, uh, getting to know you. It's a part of your heart is to help serve other people. So tell us a little bit about, about 
how your book or your teaching have served someone else. Maybe someone you know personally or coach or part of your business, maybe someone who read your book. Uh, can you tell us about some situation where you've been influential in someone where you've been able to take your life lessons and been helpful to someone else? I, throughout my business career, I mentored protégés. So the book reveals how I dealt with that and how I made them put skin in the game and their eventual success. Uh, but I think the most uh, compelling story is uh, the work I did with my uh, stepson. And this was later in, in my final marriage after my wife passed. And he was, uh, at the time, in his mid-20s. He, he was a young black man living in Jackson, Mississippi. He was between a paraplegic and a quadriplegic as a result of a childhood car accident. Uh, he was on pain medication and doing uh, other drugs just to stay coherent. Uh, so doesn't that's adversity. Uh, sure. I mean, compared to what I went through, I right. find it much more compelling. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought I took it as a challenge to see how he could improve his life. Uh, and I would be I would be there to offer advice, but never to tell him what to do. And uh, but I had some definite ideas that I had accumulated over the years. So uh, we set about that. And the outcome is that today he is. Um, and by the way, he he finished high school, but he had no other professional training of any kind. Today, he, he's a DevOps engineer. Wow. He owns a new home. Uh, he makes shrewd investments. He lives a physically, financially, and otherwise independent lifestyle. That's like a quantum leap. Yeah. And that's a success story. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's a great story because it's not only... You know, it's, I'm sure you, you know, care and you care about the people who read your book and you care about the people you've mentored in business and, and, uh, prodigies, as you say, but this is family. You know, this is someone that you have a connection with that goes, you know, deeper than those, uh, other connections that you have. And it makes all the difference in, in, in the world. Uh, well, there's also so, the element of a personal challenge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew it worked for me, but then, you know, will it work for other people? Sure. And so I had to test it. And it's the practical result against specific tangible goals with measurable outcomes. So Yeah. Which outlines your process. And that's what we're all about here is to have people to have people have a if people can get stuck in adversity, whatever it is, but in order to get out of it, to get beyond it. Uh, it doesn't often happen a snap of the fingers. You got to have a process. And what I love about what you teach us here in, uh, in, in, in your, in your book is, uh, the other side of success is about that process of getting through that. Before we close here, Martin, is there any other things that you just want to share that are really on your heart that you'd want to share with our audience here today that can be something they can just take with them, a nugget they can take with them? Well, uh, Obviously, I'd, I'd appreciate it if uh, 
you took the time to give my book and read it. Uh, the easiest uh, way to do that, just to go to my website, uh, martinsawa.com, M-A-R-T-I-N-S-A-W-A. And there with one click, you can buy it from Amazon or the bookseller of your choice. Uh, you can uh, check me out on social media. And you can scroll down to the bottom and send me an email. And I love to hear from my readers and uh, love to hear their individual success stories. Awesome. We'll have links to uh, martinsawa.com and social media and so on at our website, drbradmiller.com, when this episode of the Beyond Adversity podcast is published. Been our special guest here today to have with us, Martin Sawa. His uh, book again is The Other Side of Success Money and Meaning in the Golden State. Great story to tell of uh, rising from difficult circumstances to achieve success, but moreover, to be a man who was able to speak into the, to the lives of people, such as his stepson, to help effect life change. Thank you for your message today, Morton, and for for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Now, that was an inspiring story. I hope that you heard clearly about the transitions and the, uh, the price to pay for success and how one has to find meaningfulness in other ways beyond the, uh, the financial uh, uh, compensation of a successful business career. He talks about many things in our podcast here today. I want to give you just a few takeaways of our conversation with Martin Sawa. Remember, his book is The Other Side of Success, Money and Meaning in the Golden State. And he blogs at martinsawa.com, M-A-R-T-I-N-S-A-W-A.com. You can find all about him there. We'll put that in our show notes as well. Just a couple of takeaways from our conversation that I really want you to uh, focus in on. One of them was how he really reverted back to his life of faith, and he called upon his life of faith in dealing with profound grief, the loss of his wife, and how in his life he had the ups and downs of gaining and losing faith. He had the faith that he grew up with, but he, when he came down to the crisis of grief in his life, he did turn to faith and explored that in many ways. And I just encourage you to explore the life of faith to respond to the adversities in your life. He also talked about aligning personal core values with your business values, how they need to be in alignment. If they're not in alignment, then you got trouble. So determining and discerning your core personal values based on faith, based on relationships, based on what you know to to be right ethical things to do and put them in alignment with your business practices. That's the way to go. To do otherwise is destructive to yourself in the long run. He also talked about the importance of a mentor, the seeking out mentors in your life who have the best interests at your heart that will help you meet tangible goals. In other words, not everyone who has a relationship with you is going to be a good mentor. Find mentors who are going to be helpful to you and said, help you to set and to achieve tangible goals. 
a theme that runs throughout his book and through his teaching is having skin in the game. I love that uh, concept that he has. It's about investing time and money and reputation and taking a bit of a risk in order to get a greater gain. But here he's talking about not only about a you know financial gain, but he's talking about having something at stake, which is meaningful to you, which puts your life about adhering to the values you have in your life putting that at stake, having skin in the game. And he lives that out by talking about the moving story, as you heard him talk about how he was able to mentor his stepson and to help him and to invest in him and to help him to navigate his his own physical and emotional and personal circumstance and to achieve success. So this is a story about a man who had uh, great success in his life, had great adversity, and found a way through with that. That's our theme throughout what we do here at the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You're going to hear other great stories like we had with Martin Sawa today. Just go over to drbradmiller.com. We've got great archives of over 160 episodes of the podcast where we try to teach you how to and speak into your life to help you to deal with Adversity, And we define that as the five D's of adversity, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. And we teach on those. I teach on those. I uh, come to you with a background in ministry and with a doctoral degree in transformational leadership. And we can speak into those on a regular basis. And I just invite you to be a part of that. So go over to drbradmiller.com where we have all those episodes and other helpful things to you, including a free gift for you there. We're all about helping you to grow through what you go through and to navigate adverse life conditions and to come out to a better place, a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. I look forward to being with you every week as we address the five D's of adversity and help you in your life to get a plan of action to overcome adversity and achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. So till next time, good people, I invite you to continue to grow through what you go through and to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.